good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, hidden cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dega. And this portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, we're uh, blessed to have Arvinia Martin uh, on again, the first Native person to in Madison, Wisconsin's Common Council serve as an alder from 2017 to 22, served as Council Vice President 2021, and now is Executive Director of Emerge Wisconsin. And that's an organization that trains Democratic women on how to run for office. Peeny Gigi, thank you so much again for stopping in and uh, checking in, and it's great to see you again. Yeah, Peeny Gigi, uh, good to see you too. Peeny Karagi. Right on. Hey, good to hear that language going on. We got three Ho Chunks on right now, and Yay. we're taking over the world here. <laughs> Yay. Cool. So, what is going on? We, you know, we can talk a little politics and then jump into uh, what uh, what you do and and the support that you give women uh, in running for office, which I feel like is just a huge deal. And you're also in a uh, belong in a national organization. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening here. Uh, uh, you know, Trump is. Uh, going to come down, go down? Are we going to turn blue in Wisconsin? Um, what's, what's happening? What's, what, what do you see in your crystal ball here? Uh, you know, I, I, I got burned in, uh, in 2016 thinking about, oh yeah, but Trump, Trump will drop out once they make him, you know, turning his, or submit his taxes or whatever he'll he's he's not going to do anything and then here here he was the nominee and then got elected um so i mean he's he's such a wild card that that i i never kind of know what to expect with him um i do know that people in wisconsin though are are sick of the kind of divisive politics that that he puts out um and that that he runs on um, but you know what it comes down to is getting people out on election day and Democrats and folks that are independent and folks that are, are really going to have to get to the polls and and we're going to have to you know work really hard to make sure we get those people out to vote whether it is on election day or um, early vote. So you know it's it's all turnout that day. We work super hard for that one day and. Uh, Fingers crossed we can keep up our efforts the way we have been. Um, you know, the spring election um, had an incredible turnout um, for the Supreme Court race. And uh, just, you know, we were all prepared to be staying up real late that night to, to mm -hmm. you know, watch the returns. We weren't sure who was you know, when we were going to find out and, and we're thinking, oh, maybe not even that Tuesday night. Maybe we're going to have to wait. But, you know, 1030 was around and, and we it was done and she just won by uh, Janet Protosiewicz, our incoming Supreme Court justice, it just won by such a landslide. She even won in um, in, in areas considered red. Mm -hmm. um, she won the city of Waukesha, which is wow. still astounds me. Um, you know, she made a lot of inroads and we, we have to keep up the work. Um, that we put in for the spring election, we've got to carry that momentum into next fall. 
Wow, absolutely. There's two things that you said. One of them, uh, I worked on the name Protosewich. Uh, she was on our show, and we also did some ads for her, and we feel responsible in helping that election. That's a really good point. Then I want to talk a little bit about, you know, when the primaries were happening in 2016, I oh. told my wife, I'm saying, there's no way he's going to win this one. And like you said, the nightmare kept on going, and when he said... Uh, that he could shoot uh, somebody down Fifth Avenue and kill him and not get put in jail. He was absolutely right. Absolutely. And, and it's, I mean, we are now, what, several years past that, you know, and, and it's still to me, like if somebody wrote, wrote a movie script and pitched it they'd be like no this is absolutely absurd it's not realistic it's you know no one's gonna believe anything like that would happen and sure enough you know it, that's that's how it went and and you know i just the entire four years in his during his term i feel like every time i turned on the news it was something just simple, completely ridiculous and and stuff that you'd never ever expect to happen you know in the u.s or like with a president and sure enough it, it they were happening and it was it still boggles my mind i still can't believe that we lived through that era wow and i hope we don't live through it again because it sounds like he's leading the way you know and it's funny i i don't know if i said this uh last time we talked but I'll never forget he was president for a year and it was like I saw this baseball cap, you know, on my feed on Facebook or whatever and it was said and it was a red hat and it said make racists afraid again. And that's kind of he ignited he ignited uh some kind of uh uh lower end uh, people that maybe haven't had a voice and felt like they do have a voice because 70 million people voted for him and my you know, I know people who voted for him. Yep. Yep. The same thing. And, and, you know, there were so and and I know many people who, and it, and it breaks my heart to know that a lot of people didn't vote for secretary Clinton because they just didn't mm -hmm. like her or didn't like her husband. And instead of voting for the person who was competent, they voted for someone, ah, he's not going to win anyways. And then he did. I mean, mm -hmm. our vote is, is, our, is something so important to, to just kind of, you know, our choices are the names on the ballot. Mm -hmm. basically, And one of them is likely going to win unless, you know, unless you're a Ho-Chunk and you've got an 11 way primary for president and you get, <laughs> you get a writing campaign. Um, yeah, that's right. uh, but, but, but to use, to, to, to use your vote in such a way just makes me sad. Um, I, I, it makes me sad that people thought like that and, and that even today we, you know, every time you hear, a Republican congressman or senator or somebody, a pundit on TV, they'll be like, yeah, he's nuts. I can't believe he did this. Or, you know, that's not okay. Or he needs to, he needs to condemn the actions of January 6th. And then the next question is always, well, will you vote for him? And they're like, well, probably. It's like, right. come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do something about this by not voting for him. Um, well, there's, there's a couple uh, things too before we go on break. One of the things I got to uh, not correct you, but I got to say, he has not won the popular vote yet, and right. that's that's a thing to think about when we're we're talking about you know uh, campaign changing changing the laws and go to the popular vote instead of all this nonsense with uh, electoral votes and uh, yeah. So it's you know. Yeah, and I, I, I'm just flabbergasted, and and you know he might be running for president in prison, <laughs> and might get seventy million votes again. As long as there's seventy million votes that are not, you know, <laughs> in in states that we need them to be, um, but you know, I I do think we have seen a lot of the backlash, you know, with the 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 very cre outlandish uh candidates put forth by republicans here in wisconsin um 
were not supported and and no one but i mean not no one but they were not they they did very poorly at the polls and that's kind of a national trend right now and uh let's hope that gen z's keep voting because uh what a great block they've become and uh, hopefully our other uh, aged relatives can uh join in because the future is now hey we'll be right back after this short break please stay with us native roots radio Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're here with Arvinia and uh, Martin, and we're talking a, a little politics. I'm kind of reliving my uh, the worst dreams I had uh, seven years ago or six years ago, and uh, and uh, it's good to talk, and we have to talk these out. And uh, again, we were kind of ending on well, and you're also the director, executive director of Emerge Wisconsin, which is definitely a huge deal here on Turtle Island, and uh, to help. Uh, support women, uh, Democratic women, to run for office. I just have a quick question about that. Uh, who is Who have you worked with uh, lately? Or uh, can you give some names of who uh, your organization has worked with to help uh, women start running for, or, uh, running for office? <laughs> you are on mute, but I can see your lips moving. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, so our, we have two of our statewide electeds who are Emerge Wisconsin alums, um, former state treasurer and current secretary of state, Sarah Godlewski is an Emerge alum, as well as, um, department of, uh, instruction, uh, superintendent. So public schools superintendent, uh, Jill Underly is one of our, um, alums. And, you know, if you go into the state Senate, um, you know, the, the minority leader, so the, the Democratic leader in the state Senate is um, Senator Melissa Agard. She's one of our alums. We have we have number like numerous members in both our state assembly and the state Senate. Um, the we, we actually got uh, elected a new mayor in the city of Middleton, which is right next to Madison. For those who don't aren't familiar, um, the new mayor of Middleton is also an Emerge alum. Um, so, you know, we've got, we've got people all over the state. Um, you know, Robert, you and I were sitting at the Clean Lakes Alliance, um, uh, 
breakfast and 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 event a, a few weeks ago and you know every almost every name that they announced was one of our alums so we've got people everywhere um and and we're looking to get more especially outside of madison in milwaukee you know we want to get folks up in black river falls and in wittenberg and in nakusa um <laughs> you know crandon and such you know the we we need to get more native people um elected to bodies um in our own tribal communities yeah definitely i wonder what uh did sharice uh did she work with the group because again she kind of came out of i'm talking about sharice davids uh who's ho-chunk who's been on the show many times how did she get her start because i know um she she was in dc for a while and i can't remember oh, what uh, what she was doing but she was a White House fellow, so she did a lot. She's an attorney by trade, so she did a lot of work. Um, and, and I can't remember specifically policy what she did, but she did work um, as as one of the White House fellows. Um, before that, you know, she she had, I believe, a podcast, and and she did a lot of work with um, entrepreneurs and business um, startups. And mm-hmm. she's just awesome. I'm. I remember when she let me know, sent me a message saying she was running for a Congress. And I was like, where's your act blue? Let me donate money now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just, I was so excited. And, and actually I was, um, I was doing voter protection that year, 2018. Um, and so I was in, we call it the boiler room. So like the, where people would call with folks were having problems at the polls. We, it was a room full of attorneys and people that knew about, um, you know, voter protection issues and how to make sure that people could cast their ballots. And her race got called and I was full on sobbing in that room, like no windows or anything. I was so emotional. And then like an hour later, now Secretary Deb Holland, who um, is an Emerge New Mexico alum. Um, wow. She, yeah. So she, so she won like an hour later. And if you didn't know me, you would have think, thought I was really upset, but I was just so overcome. I couldn't believe that we had gone from no native women in Congress to two in mm-hmm. like an hour. And it just, I, it was, it was, it, I still get like, I'm, I've got chills right now. Just thinking of that, those two moments I'm sitting in that room um, while trying to make sure that other people were getting their uh, ballots cast and counted. Wow. And go back to what we were saying earlier, too, uh, getting gerrymandered. I I know Sharice got gerrymandered the heck out of her, too. And I know a good friend of ours who's been on the show many, many, many times, Ruth Buffalo, got gerrymandered right out of her seat. And are we going to see the end of this soon, and especially in Wisconsin with a new uh, Supreme Court uh, justice? I mean, we all have our fingers crossed. I mean, that, that, I mean, now I've, I've mentioned crying on election night <laughs> a couple of times, but when, when uh, justice elect Protosewitz got elected and when they called it for her, it was the same kind of like emotion. I, and, and I, I couldn't, I was like, is this what hope feels like, <laughs> you know, just, just we've been, it's been so hard for so long. Um, and, and we find it finally felt like this, this could be a, one of the, like a crack that breaks this all up. And, you know, I know that there are, there, there are groups that are planning to file suit, um, regarding, uh, d- legislative border districts and their borders. And so, you know, fingers crossed that those get there and, and, you know, are, you know, the, not our, the, the justices are able to, you know, make us a, a decision that's not based on partisanship. It's, you know, uh, I was going to say, it's just, it's, it's absolutely, you know, mind boggling again, the, 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 I, and I, I don't know if I have the numbers correct. I probably don't, but it seemed like it was like close to two thirds of, of the votes in Wisconsin had gone to legislative candidates had gone to Democrats, but it was like two thirds of Republicans won. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that's probably not, I, I'm, I should take those there's numbers a, back. But. There's, a, there's a weird number in Wisconsin and maybe you can help me with this. 
in order for a Democrat to win, they have to have 60% of the vote. In order for a Republican to win, they have to have like 40% of the vote or something like that. That's how gerrymandered it is. Something like that. I mean, it, it's really ridiculous. And, and, and every all the Democrats getting stacked in, you know, packed into very tight districts in, in especially Dane County and Milwaukee County, which Dane County is where the capital Madison is where I live. Um, and and then just everything is if you look at the lines there, there's there's nothing. I mean, we, we talk about the gold standard being the Iowa model and how, you know, things that that they are supposed to consider include, you know, compactness. And mm-hmm. you can't you can't look at any of these gerrymandered districts and be like, yeah, that's that's compact <laughs> when they sneak around and are like, look, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, so fingers crossed on that. I And actually, I when I was on um, Common Council, I was part of our redistricting committee in Madison to mm-hmm. um, decide the, the wards as well as, which is are the building blocks of like all of the other legislative districts, as well as our aldermanic districts. And it was a lot of work and to, to put in and make sure that you were trying to follow all of the the rules that the federal government provides for creating Mm -hmm. these districts i mean and i took that really seriously it's it's sad that others (laughs) i was gonna say is uh couple cycles ago, uh, we were really pumping it up here on Native Roots Radio, and we were getting all the politicians. We had 13 uh, Native American politicians running uh, for office, and or we had 14, and 13 of them won. Nice. And I remember having Trisha Zunker on, who would, to me, would have been such a great choice, but she got gerrymandered by... I don't know. Can I say this without getting sued? Somebody insane. <laughs> it was like, what the heck? It's that that district is 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 wild. Um, the the and and I I also think that if you look at it, you know, there are tribes that were split up in districts at the congressional level as well as at the state legislative level. You know, by design, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, to to weaken the power of the native vote, um, and that makes me really angry. Um, it, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Point where I can't even say anything. <laughs> no, I I get it, and uh, it's in my head like starting to pop out thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that <laughs> that's that's crazy, but we. We uh we are hoping that the Gen Zs and and having your voice on our show and remind because I want to just say this we outnumber them we just have to engage our people I mean I was a big Bernie supporter but when that all ended twice I I was a little butt hurt but I moved on because you don't want to uh, be a contrarian because you end up with somebody like Trump. <laughs> exactly. That's and and like we said before, you know, there's two names on that ballot for president, um, and and you have to choose one of them. And you know, my choice for in in 2020 was uh, I really liked Julian Castro, um, and he dropped out before I could vote for him, and that made me really sad. But you know, it is what it is, and I was ready to go hard for our now president, and it was awesome. I, yeah. it, it was great when he won. I just I still can't yeah. believe. That. Oh, <laughs> it was such a, such a relief. Well, Arvenia, thank you so much for being on. I really enjoy yeah. these, and these go quick. So, they wow, <laughs> we'll have to have you on a full show soon. But I really appreciate you being on and uh, just having a chat and talking about our, our 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 families and also how close we are from Minnesota and Wisconsin and go yeah. Vikings. Oh, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll be right back with Dr. Stately, CEO of Native American Community Clinic. Stay with us. No matter if you're eating out or cooking something at home, eatlocalminnesota.com has you covered with a list of locally owned restaurants and food purveyors. Many restaurants offer carryout and delivery, while food purveyors can help you make your next meal delicious. 
Latunji's palate is a social enterprise built with purpose and fortified with love. Indulge in the world's best peach cobbler, gourmet desserts, vegan and gluten-free options, sandwiches, and coffee drinks. Located at 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Plus, find Latunji's gourmet desserts at Lunds and Byerly's at the North Market, Minneapolis Farmer's Market Annex, and Bobby and Steve's. More at latunjispalate.com. Explore the award-winning, spirited Midwestern flavors at 30 Bales in Hopkins. Priding themselves as a scratch kitchen using the cleanest, most local ingredients they can source, join 30 Bales for lunch, dinner, or their scrumptious weekend brunch. Conveniently located at 1106 Main Street in Hopkins with plenty of free parking. See their menu at 30bales.com. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let let howl. Many car dealers will quote safety stats, but firsthand experience really tells the story. When I bought my 2017 Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota, the service manager told me it was one of their safest vehicles ever made. Then I saw it for myself. A car hit me at 35 miles per hour and the Sienna saved me. Its design absorbed the collision and although it took a wallop, I walked away and I now have a 2022 Sienna. When it comes to safety, I personally vouch for Toyotas. Be safe and get one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hi, I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joe Kirk. Tune in to AM 950's newest show, Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. We are dedicated to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for purpose, value, and meaning. But more importantly, connection through community. Tune in Sundays at 3 p.m. or anytime via podcasts. It's time to stop searching and start serving. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extreme important this radio station is to the community. To help AM950 grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share, and interact on the AM950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 612-333-SNAP or check us out online. Hello, this is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Now my show will be on Saturdays from 10 to 11 and replayed on Sundays from 1 to 2. You will get to the best of Ellie 2.0 with talking about idealism, with guests who come in and who are idealistic, who are trying to change the world, and you will get me, Super Idealist. Tune in. We can't wait to hear from you. And you'll hear from me Saturdays from 10 to 11. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 63, sunshine Tuesday with a high of 83, then partly cloudy Tuesday night with a low of 59. Celebrate the arrival of summer with a great meal at an Eat Local Minnesota restaurant, perfect for any occasion. Check out the list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they are. And wow, we're really excited to always have Dr. Stately stop in and uh, give us his wisdom. And I have to congratulate you both. Haley and I were at your 20th anniversary uh, celebration. And what a great, what an awesome uh, 
celebration that was and thank you for the invite oh <clears throat> thank you for coming it was awesome to see you there and nice to meet Haley in person um <clears throat> on that day it was kind of a cold day though huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I was wearing shorts and I was shivering. So I, they were sacred shorts, though, Dr. Stately. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, never mind. I was going to say something and I just realized it was a little slightly inappropriate. So. Yeah, this is not NPR. <laughs> we'll you can't it. say those things. Yeah, we'll leave it like right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let the audience use their imagination. Um, exactly. Um, I was going to say they're very holy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a beautiful day and it was such a hub of activity and it was, um, you know, just, I met, <clears throat> I saw so many faces I hadn't seen in a while and I also met some new people and had some great conversations. It was a lot of fun, a great celebration. We, um, you know, on that day we honored our founders. So the four practitioners that established NAC, the ones that sort of, um, you know, um, put their heart and soul into the beginning of the, uh, into their uh, clinic at their humble beginnings. We had like, when we first started out, apparently <clears throat> I've read newspaper reports, but also talked to the original CEO um, who was a Dr. Leah Carlos. And they had one little tiny um, part in that big strip mall that used to be part of Dollar Tree and, I think at one point in time it was a Walgreens. At one point in time there was an auto shop and a few wow. other things in the strip mall. Wow. Um, and uh, <clears throat> they all, all four of them, um, you know, um, left IHB in 2003, helped establish that clinic. Response to the community was, you know, loud and um, excited and very committed like we need you to stay in our community and here we are 20, 20 years later and um, we have a lot of the same um, <clears throat> sort of um, you know that spirit that started the clinic is alive and well in our clinic we work really hard to have good relationships with our community people Yes, and I think you do. Uh, everyone I ran into that works with you and uh, just totally positive and very welcoming and, and on a mission uh, of goodness. Uh, it's funny, you know, we talk about Franklin Avenue and we don't, you and I haven't really talked deep about Franklin Avenue the way it used to be and how that's changed over the years uh, from oh, all those yeah. bars and all those Indian bars and the police yep. arresting people out yep. of the back. Yep, so different than what it was when I was a, a young boy. You know, I grew up in a um, in the well, I was born in 1962, so 60 years ago. Whoa! Um, and <clears throat> yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, I grew up on Franklin Avenue for the most part. My parents, my parents were products of, you know, um, uh, the uh, um, Relocation Act that encouraged people to move off the reservation to to um, uh, urban urban locations. Um, you know, my, um, my grandparents' home as a child, my grandparents, my, my mother's, my great-grandparents, it was my mother's grandparents, um, Paul and Margaret LaRock, they had a house, um, across the street from Holy Rosary Church and South High School, High School, the original South High School, which is now where Little Earth sits. Wow. <clears throat> and I remember being a little boy and um, playing, you know, on that block. And we would sit on my grandparents' church, I mean, um, front porch, and we would throw rocks, not at the church. So um, you know, <laughs> just, you know, for those holy rollers, just kind of calm down. But we had, there was like, <clears throat> South High was like um, closed because they were building a new South High um, to the south up by where the current location is. But we'd throw rocks at that building and break windows. And, you know, the the game was like who could get the highest, you know, and break some of those highest windows way at the top of the school. And I was just a little tiny kid, so I didn't get to, you know, break a whole lot of windows, but my older brothers and sisters did. But, you know... Those times are different then, and the and Franklin Avenue was 
almost all bars are liquor stores, mm -hmm. right? And I think right. in a four or five block stretch between, you know, Bloomington Avenue or yeah, Bloomington Avenue to like Chicago, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, an alliteration of bars and liquor stores. Um, and that's kind of how I grew up when I was living in South Minneapolis as a child. Right. And then I Do went away. I went away in my late twenties, I my early twenties rather, and came back in my mid forties after I had kids, and it was completely different. I was really um, <clears throat> floored at the transformation. You know, some of that stuff had started taking place by the time I left. Um, the 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 um, the shopping center that NAC is part of, which is the now called the Ancient Traders Market, but you know that was built by the American Indian Business Development Corporation. And my sister Becky, my older sister Becky, was um, roommates with Brenda Draves, who was um, the executive director of um, AIC BDC. And um, I remember the day that that shopping mall opened, right, mm -hmm. as a young man and um, just barely, I think, just out of college, maybe in nineteen eighty something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so things you, have been really i have really really transformed were you in town when uh and i believe that was the early 90s uh when the police threw the native americans in the trunk uh to arrest them do you remember that or were you you weren't in town then? no no but i i you know i remember hearing stories about it i was living in los angeles at the time <clears throat> but you know aim started by bike because women in our community um got together because they were tired of hearing um, horror stories about their men and their sons and uh, other folks in our community, you know, being, you know, targeted, um, beaten by cops, you know, um, you know, just the horrible things that have been happening all throughout their late 60s, early 70s, <clears throat> mid 60s. It was the height of the civil rights movement, right? So all across America and all on our TVs, we were seeing the civil rights sort of movement happen and all of the sort of like the <clears throat> you know, um, communities um, in both urban and rural areas standing up to discrimination against black people. And um, we weren't really seeing that type of sort of, of movement in uh, urban areas or in reservation communities against tribes, right? And tribal people. Mm -hmm. um, and those, that was the impetus, I think, for, you know, um, for AIM, which initially I think was called, my mom said it was called Concerned Indian Americans. And then they realized it was, the acronym was CIA. And they're like, well, we don't want to be confused with those people. Right, right, exactly. Well, well, and then too, you had the Black Panthers and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. radical groups like that that were coming out that uh, a lot of the leaders uh, were looking at with all the movement that they were having. And it was pretty, pretty exciting times. But also, I think a lot of us natives were feeling a little left out. And so that's part of starting American Indian movement, too, with with the elders blessings. I do have to to throw that out there too. And uh, that's one of the things, me being an elder now, looking at the elders then, they had their elders. Yeah, for sure. That's a big part of that history. And we don't often talk about that a whole lot in our community. I think we also don't talk about it. Um, so it's not, you know, the, the things that are true about like the beginnings of the movement and all of those things that sort of were the catalyst for that movement. Um, are not things that are as quite as sexy as, you know, the things that kind of came in the, um, you know, the early 70s all the way up through the 80s, right? Like, you know, um, you know hearing that elders, um, you know, sort of kind of like talk to the younger people, those younger adults, give them their blessing, encouragement, you know, um, to stand up and protect their, their communities and their people and their families. That's not quite as sexy as like Wounded Knee, right? So those are the things that like stand out in our history because, you know, those are the things that were reported in like, uh, you, mm -hmm. know, w, you know, our CBS News, Walter Cronkite, you know, and right. those kinds of things. Well, that's, that's, those are, those are definitely um, pivotal times, but I think what oftentimes gets overlooked is the, the groundswell, right? The, 
the things that had happened that built up the momentum and the and the and the energy to sort of like step into space and transform it. And we come from in Minnesota, we and in South Minneapolis specifically, we emerged from that primordial ooze, that sort of that, you know, that warrior spirit, step up and protect your elders, protect your children, protect the community, protect our culture and language. And that's the that's that impetus to sort of like step forward and speak up. And do what's right. necessary, right? And um, I'd like to think that that spirit lives inside me, right? You know, the, that spirit that my mother and many of my relatives had. Well, it definitely does. And I was just going to mention that not only you, but we have like people like Stephanie Autumn, who was young during mm -hmm. Wounded Knee, mm -hmm. who's still doing things, but it's just not the mm -hmm. fanfare. And you know, we had Madonna Thunderhawk on last week, and she was talking about. You know, raising your children is is mm -hmm. in the right way. Doing things yeah. and and yeah. community and not with the fanfare is being yeah. a warrior. Yeah. And I think, you yeah. know, we don't need a TV camera to see that Dr. Stately's doing all these great things for the community. Um, so it's a shift. Um, but sometimes like with Standing Rock, we had to pull up, pull out a can of you know what, you know, and, and really uh dig in our heels and let people know all over the world that we're still here. So why don't we take a quick break, Dr. Stately. I'm here with Dr. Stately, CEO of Native American Community Clinic, and you're listening to Native Ritz Radio. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Howl! Wow. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately and uh, the CEO of Native American Community Clinic. And also, I just have a quick update here from uh, State Representative Jamie Becker Finn. Uh, Leech Lake Health and Wellness Center in Cass Lake just passed the, uh, the Minnesota legislator. This is uh, eight minutes ago. $24 million grant to Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe for the center that will provide health, wellness, community gatherings and opportunities and i know uh dr stately has been working hard with his clinic and dealing with the legislature and there's great things happening down the line for native american community clinic and dr stately are you on right now that would be a no so 
You know, uh, Haley, uh, Dr. Stately was talking about the history of AIM, and we were talking a lot about, uh, yeah, you know, what what AIM what AIM uh, has done, but also to be a warrior, uh, you know, to be a warrior is is many different right. facets. There's many different ways to be a facet. Dr. Stately, are you there? Right there, you. And I think like what he was saying too, like just feeling that in your soul, the warrior spirit that was, you know, instilled by our ancestors. I think that's, I think a lot of us can agree with that, that we feel that too, that warrior, yeah, Dr. that warrior. Exactly. Dr. Stately, are you here? Looks like he's muted. Um, yeah. And again, what, what great news for uh, Leech Lake, which is uh, for our relatives listening to us all over the country here is northern Minnesota. And it's up there uh, where we need uh, help on our reservations. And it looks like the state of Minnesota is coming through with this bill, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a, a really, really good thing to to have that uh happen and uh, with the trifecta haley we've been really blessed and lucky to have all these really good things happening uh in a good way here in minnesota and i know um the republicans want to give back the money to uh rich people and you know the one percent that doesn't pay anything in taxes but yet uh the democrats have always been for for the underdog and the poor person so Right. That, that, that's that's a thing that we always have to remain because they may be speaking uh, one way, meaning the Republicans, but they sure act the other way. And we are so blessed to have the trifecta here in Minnesota. I know I say that over and over and over again, but uh, we really are uh, uh, blessed here in Minnesota. Hey, welcome back, Dr. Stately. Hey there. Welcome back. Sorry. I have the worst internet in Prior Lake. Like I would tell anybody writ large in the state of Minnesota, don't move to Prior Lake if you want good internet. Yeah. Move to the communities around it. Somebody's somebody's <laughs> jumping on your internet and knocking you off. Uh, probably driving around the neighborhood trying well, that, to find. You. No, there's <clears throat> that too, and we only have like two little tiny internet providers in um, in Prior Lake. They're not any of the big ones. They're like two smaller ones, MediaCom and. New Vera, which arguably are not like mom and pop shops, but they certainly function like it. We have the worst, like when you fiber cable out here, like I hope that um, the gov who just passed that big, huge infrastructure bill puts the money in there for uh, uh, fiber optics for smaller communities because it'd be nice to have, you know, to rely on those two squirrels that have to run in the backyard to produce the... Yeah. Well, I think I don't know if you've been uh, keeping track, but I just saw on Facebook Jamie Becker Finn put up this uh, thing that Leech Lake uh, yeah. Health and Wellness Center would just passed uh, twelve minutes ago, twenty four million dollar yeah. grant to Leech Lake. So I believe your your clinic's up next here very soon, and it's a exciting exciting. Oh, well, was time. it part of that same bill? Yeah, part of the same bill. I think it just passed the house. So the bill goes onto the governor's office for signature. So once that's done, I think. Well, I'm wondering how do, get that, a, how do I get in that? How do I get in that? There's a few native projects in there. <laughs> how do I get in that photo op? Do I yeah. just stand in there looking like the the custodian from a Native American community I, clinic? <laughs> there you go. We're your janitor, you know. Yeah. Like my dickies. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Your dickies, and you know, I guess you're not supposed to call them janitors anymore. That's I guess such a 1980 term. It's like you know. Um, industrial um, uh, agent or something like that. I don't know what they call them. Now. Well, I know they used to be so. called custodial engineers, and that's people that had the engineer that yeah. could the boilers. That's what my dad did for 30 years yeah. in public schools. Yeah. I wanted to tell you that about the, like, so, like, I kind of got in a little bit, and then I got kicked off again. You guys are talking about warrior spirit and stuff. And I think that stuff is embedded in our DNA as Native people. You know, we are you know, it's part of our original instructions. It's part of like, you know, who we are taught to be and our value structure, which is like, you know, protect our protect our vulnerable ones, right? That whole concept of like the buffalo in the storm 
of the vulnerable people go to the middle and the warriors surround them, the people who are the strongest. And we push through adversity and we get to the other side. And that's kind of like how we've always been. It's part of how we sort of survived as long as we survived in the face of five, 600 years of colonization and, you know, um, uh, and um, genocide, right? <clears throat> but I was going to say that NAC is hosting a community um, camp next weekend during um, Memorial Day weekend um, for young Native men from the ages of, I think, 18 to 30. And it's called the Young Warriors Camp. We did this in response to people telling us that they, they felt like there was very little services for young men. And that mm -hmm. young men were... Um, feeling dispirited and having really difficult times during the last several years and that um, you know we needed to create some programming for young men to sort of like help them to begin to think through um, be in spaces and places with older men um, elder men who are um, you know um, walking in that good way every single day and demonstrating what it means to be a good, to be a, to be a modern day warrior, what that looks like. Doesn't look like, you know, going to fisticuffs and, you know, shooting bullets at each other and, you know, burning down buildings and those kinds of things. Warriorhood was about the protection of women, the protection of elders, the protection of children, our language, our culture, <clears throat> our right to um, exist and to practice our cultural life ways. That's, the bigger part of warriorhood, and I think you know, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do with this in camp, with this camp for young Native men, is to sort of yeah. And uh, Doctor Stately just uh, froze up, but I I feel like too doing the right thing and being supportive in the right thing, uh, right doing the right thing is not always the easiest thing, and I think our young warriors need to be reminded and. Uh, just like everybody else, but it, it's it's important, you know, because when I was young, I didn't always do the right thing, but I did the the quickest thing or the immediate gratification thing and things like that. But to have supportive community, uh, people patting you on the back and saying it's a good, it's a, you're doing a good job, it's a good thing, what you're doing is really important, and uh, and I'm sure Dr. Stately and his group are are feeling that around too. To uh, to help our young warriors because that is, is just so important, and uh, you know I, it's it's one of those things where Doctor Stately needs better internet, Haley. That's all I have he to does. Say. He needs that fiber <laughs> optic. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to hear me ramble on. We that's why we have such great great guests like uh, Doctor Stately, and uh, here I am rambling on. And I go, well, how did Robert Pilot get a radio show? He's like really incoherent and can't complete sentences, but that's Got part the of it. Fiber optic, have... maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I got the fiber optics, uh, so I'm like way ahead of half of you people out there. But hey, hey, you. I want to just say, you know, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group run for office, and vote like you're a Gen Z. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. As Wendy always says, free Leonard Peltier now. Now.